This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. One of my favourite pastimes, apart from being on Joy, is I'm um, going to see some lovely live theatre shows. And this guy was the lead last year in Judy Dance. He played Johnny Castle, who was, of course, the uh, the lead in the movie um, by Patrick Swayze. And on stage, it was fantastic. He can move. He can um, he can act. Welcome to Joy, Kurt Phelan. It's a pleasure to be here. Hello. <laughs> Welcome back to Joy. Because yeah. I was trying to remember the last time you were at Joy was probably in March last year. You know what? Facebook, t- you know the time hop thing? Yes. It was telling me that it was exactly on It was on Tuesday. It was a year. That, really? That opening night was. So that means that we were here a year, pretty much a year ago. A year ago? And you're back? Yeah. <laughs> I, I like so, the time. <laughs> exactly. So I guess we'll talk more about dirty dancing as the show goes on, but you're a Queensland boy. I am a Queensland boy. Far north Queensland. And is it Townsville? Well, yeah, I grew up in Townsville, but I was born uh, an hour south in a little place called Air. Which yeah. is, yeah, no one knows. Right. No it's one knows a- A-Y-R. That's why I say Townsville. It's just easier. So what was your childhood like? Uh, pretty... <laughs> Pretty rough and ready. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, it was it was good. I had really awesome. Like my my dad's a diesel mechanic, and my mum does lunch, and they had this son who wanted to do musicals and be Gene Kelly, and they never tried to stop me. It was great. Was that weird being a young guy in a country town and you want to do like dancing and acting and stuff? Oh yeah, I still get people at home that are like, oh yeah, cool. So what are you what what are you doing? Like you I'm, you're still acting, but what are you doing? I'm like, no no no. I'm the lead of a musical. I, that's all I do. <laughs> <laughs> and they've come to see Dirty Dancing and they're like, so what? What are you? where are you living when you're in town or how are you earning money? I'm like, no, this is my job. This is what I do. It's Yeah, it's people still find it hard yeah. up there. It's, yeah, it's kind of strange. It's that baby boomer generation that's kind well, of... Speaking of baby boomers, your first role was age three. What, what did you play again? Oh, what? I <laughs> an played, Irish... I played a leprechaun. <laughs> yes, I played an Irish leprechaun. Uh, my dad's stipulation because i'm from a big irish irish catholic family Mm. um was if my son wants to dance he has to learn irish dancing right so i went off to irish dancing with my sister who was eight years older and Mm. i ended up being pretty bloody good at it and i was (laughs) and i was a leprechaun at three and all the girls were all the girls were cast a spell by an evil frog and they fell asleep and then the leprechaun came and and drove the frog away and woke them all up. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> My special guest co-host this morning is uh, Kurt Phelan. He, of course, played Johnny Castle in Dirty Dancing last year. Kurt, before the break, we're talking about um, your first role as a three-year-old, as a unicorn, as a leprechaun. A, a unicorn. <laughs> well, you know, you never, you never know. <laughs> now, you trained in NIDA. Yes. In 2008, um, which is, of course, the famous like, art sort of college school thing. And um, I think, wasn't Nicole Kidman's gone there? Um, um, uh, Kate, Kate Blanchett, Mel Gibson, yeah. uh, Judy Davis. What was your experience like going to NIDA? 
Well, I was a bit older, so I'd kind of I'd gone and done a heap of musicals mm. first, and then I went back and I was 25. So I was in there with a lot of people who were 19, 20, and mm. I I had heard that I was going to be destroyed and brought back to life in third year, but it actually was really stunning. It was amazing, and I understand how it can be quite full on for younger mm. people because it's it's you're there it's full on, yeah, you're there from pretty much like nine till nine every night and if you've got productions later um, and it's it's intense but I learnt so much about n- not even about acting like yes I did an acting degree but I learnt so much about dramaturgy and how to make shows for myself and what colour how colour is p- stupid things we had a class on colour and I'm walking in going what are we doing but it's about you know how red's perceived in different uh, nations and you know for Spanish it's passion for French it's love and yeah it was mm. really fascinating to uh, even if I didn't act for another day of my life when I graduated I was a better person for going through that it was, it was pretty great because you've been in so many shows over the years Singing in the Rain age 18 yes Priscilla where you were wearing your dancing in a leather g-string uh yes um, was that well first of all was that quite confronting well it was first of all it was backless chaps. Oh. Yeah, so uh, it was in the video. I tried to find these pictures <laughs> last night, Kurt. I couldn't find them anywhere. <laughs> um, I've got some on my phone. Um, okay. So, um, yeah, first of all, the costume for Venus, it, we were all in leather and it was mm. like whips and chains and we were the dancing boys. And they, the costumes were, yeah, you know, the jockstrap kind of at the back mm. underneath. And then we realised that we were on all fours for most of the dance because it was Ross Coleman choreography, who's a Melbourne man but no longer with us. He's an amazing choreographer. And... Yeah, and we're on all fours, and the backstage crew is like, "Whoa, you gotta, you gotta pack that up." So then they got us G strings oh, instead. Dear. So yeah, that was pretty interesting. Now, Kurt, you've been doing theatre for a long time. If you just if you were doing a show, say the cast of Dirty Dancing, and so yeah. well tonight, bugger it, we're gonna be three hours late on stage. <laughs> what would happen? Um, I'm pretty sure you'd get fired and never work again. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, I suppose, you pro- just, are people paying $850 for these tickets? Or? Well, of course, we were talking about Madonna last night, ah. and uh, I had a few friends that were there, yep. those lucky bitches. Anyway, um, one of them was my gorgeous friend, Nat, who not only saw Madonna live last night, but also met her manager. Ooh. Good morning, Nat. Hello, guys. How are you? Hi, Nat. No, Nat... Last night was a bit oh, of a. That's all right, but it was a bit of a shambles last night because um, apparently she's going to be on stage at nine o'clock, but um, oh. the doors opened just before midnight. Was that right? Yeah. Well, I got to the Forum Theatre about it was probably about half past twelve, one o'clock, because I didn't win tickets. I was a plus one and. My and the person that won the tickets, Hassan, he had already started lining up earlier in the day, and they said, "Oh, they're writing numbers on like on the hand, so you know, like coming now." I'm like, thinking, "Oh, okay, fine." But you know, like whatever. So he was like about, I think he was 27 or so in line, and then um, that's pretty good. Like yeah, that's great. Yeah, so you know, I saw a couple of people in line that I knew, and so they were about 40. So you know. Um, so by the time I, you know, got my number and everything and I went to the back of the line, I was, you know, like 63 or something like that. So, like, that that was fine. Um, you know, waited in line for a little while, talked to some Brandons, you know, talked to friends, whatever that was. Then it started raining. I'm going back to the car. So I sat in the car for a couple of hours, came oh. back. 
Wait, the thing is, yeah, because I drove, so I was like, well, okay, at least I could go and do that. The poor people that were waiting in the rain and didn't have an umbrella or anything, I guess that's the like oh. take. Was there any idea um, that she was going to be late, or people just said, just hold out, she'll be here eventually? Do you know what, though? I think if I had known that she was going to come, like the doors were going to open at midnight, I probably would have rocked up at 7 o'clock or something, because by, by the time the doors had actually opened... I came back into line, it might have been about five, half past five, something like that, because I thought, okay, I have a number. I've made friends with the people around me, but I can kind of just imagine people, you know, having, you know, pushing in, you know, type things, and, you know, I didn't really want to turn up last minute. I didn't really think that was... Because you met the manager as well, didn't you? You met met Guy. I did, yeah. He came out and he was taking selfies with people and, um, yeah, he was just, like, chatting to the fans and everything. I should have asked him about that. Um, <laughs> now, Nat, you're, you're inside, inside the venue, and, of course, you're there. Um, I saw the, the, the track list this morning. Now, the tracks that she performed on the show last night were quite obscure tracks, um, but there was some old stuff, like Borderline, Holiday, Don't Tell Me. Um, was it a bit of a, a rough performance? So it was a bit of a work in progress, wasn't it? Yeah, well, she said it was a work in progress, but apparently the rumour was, and, you know, and this is kind of, you know, it gets like Chinese whispers, things start going down the line, but she was rehearsing up until the last minute. And I'm, by that stage, you know, it's one o'clock in the morning when she finally came on stage. I'm like thinking, oh, I would have just, what did I get? <laughs> <laughs> but did you have fun, Nat? Did you have fun, darling? Did I have- did. I had so much fun once she actually came on stage and the adrenaline kicked in again. Yeah, like, it was amazing. I started off, like, right down on the, the fence line, but I was just so hot. I was so tired and everything. I ended up going up the back. I actually think I had a better view up the back because I could see the projections and mm. stuff like that. So I was right on the corner, right in on the, on the fence sort of thing. So I kind of had the speakers and all that sort of partly blocking my view. So, so what, I'm glad was, it a, was it a cabaret show or was it a performance art or did she just do like it, a rock concert or how did it flow? What was the vibe? It was like a little bit of everything, you know. She told jokes, she told some, you know, like personal stories. Like there was one about her, um, when she was still married to Sean Penn, um, you know, like back in the day. Um, he would, he, I didn't actually know he'd been in jail. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't we all? <laughs> <laughs> Serious, but I mean, kind of, you know, I would have still been quite young when they were actually, like, when they were married. So she was talking about he'd been in jail, he was in witness protection or something. Um, and, and the son as well. She does a song for a son as well, didn't she? Yeah, she did. Um, I can't even remember what song it was. She, Intervention. Yeah, she mm. a little bit, yeah. Well, Nat, thank you so much for joining us this morning on the, on the phone. Um, you had a great time last night. You're probably going on the weekend, are you? You're going on Saturday night? I'm going Saturday night, and then I'm doing Sunday night in Sydney. Oh, well, you're a bit of a mega fan. Now, I know you love Madonna, Nat. One song which she didn't do last night, and you're probably hoping she's going to do on the weekend, is this one from way back in the day. Oh, I love this one. Thanks, Nat. Bye. See you, Nat. Kurt Fearon is my special guest co-host this morning 
on the show, co-star of Dirty Dancing last year. Now, let's talk about Dirty Dancing. Yes. Because you had the lead role, which is Johnny Castle, which was made famous in the movie by Patrick Swayze. Indeed. So you had to be rip, you had to be dancing and lifting and stuff. <laughs> you had a pretty tough role. Yeah. Was it as tough as what it looked on, on stage? It was... Oh, well, my job is to make it look easy, so yeah. it was probably tougher. Um, <laughs> look, I've danced since I was three, as we've spoken about before, but mm. um, I've never had to dance that hard in my life. And then go straight into a scene and pretend that I wasn't just dancing. And, you know, it, yeah, it was really challenging, but I loved it. I, you know, I, Patrick Swayze is... I'm such a huge Patrick Swayze mm. fan, and I never thought in a million years I would play a role like that and to be given that opportunity. And the way it was... It's received from everyone. It was it was it was like a rock concert. Sometimes we had um we had a show stop in Perth because we couldn't actually hear what we were saying, and the audience just wouldn't stop cheering. And oh, I was wow. I would waited to say nobody puts baby <laughs> in a corner, and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And I'm like, it's been a minute. I need to get the show moving on. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's it, it was a it was a pretty crazy gig. And you and Kirby, the lead who played Baby in the show. Yeah. Oh, she's awesome. Mm. I mean. She's a terribly, Burgess, she's yeah. a yeah, Kirby Burgess. She's a terribly unattractive looking girl, isn't she? <laughs> she's so beautiful, and she puts that wig on, and you forget that it's Kirby, you know. And then she takes the wig off, and you're like, oh, that's right, you're a gorgeous blonde. <laughs> you know? Now we all know, um, of course, in the in the film, um, it's that big lift, and mm. it's the same lift in the in the show. In the show. It's a, bit, a bit different, but practicing that lift would have been a bit of a nightmare at first yeah right? it took about a month yeah of all rehearsals we were like let's get the lift let's do the lift and the second that because you can't stuff it up no you can't and we did once the first preview ever that we did in uh, in australia and we didn't do it and it was just not as soon as that happened we're like right mm. this can't ever happen again and i mean what what you what we got it right in rehearsals but she's in see she's in titan and normal outfit rehearsal mm-hmm. gear and then she puts on this slippery satin pink dress and i'm sweaty i've danced for eight minutes and she's running at me and you know it's oh don't, and the music don't and everything builds to the and you're like oh yeah you, you've got to fight against it but it ended up i saw her probably two months ago and we just did the lift I'm like oh, oh wow we, we can like just yeah we just do it now <laughs> yeah especially the girl who played penny the other da- girl i danced with um we were we were down at the beach and we we're like let's just see if we can do that yeah Bang! Did the oh, <laughs> professionals you got. Now, uh, of course, um, the end of um, of the first act, um, you take your top off, Ooh, and yes. of course, you know you got to be ripped and everything. And of course, the diet mm. you were having chicken and broccoli all the time. I right? was. Well, when I got the job, I was you contracted by. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I was contracted by ASICS, and so I was actually um, I did their global campaign, and I had to go and do all this uh, running, and I was mm. I was really quite skinny, and I got the job and they said right we need you to get bigger so i went straight to a trainer at the gym and started working and got on this regime of food and I, in the beginning i was eating about eight times a day and four Gosh. or five of those were chicken broccoli and rice and i got chicken rage i threw a piece at the wall once <laughs> and, you know but i put on 15 kilos in 10 weeks and then i obviously had to trim back and i and i kind of was about 10 kilos heavier mm. um than I was 
previously before. And so just to kind of, because the show is so full on, I would lose about, sometimes I'd lose seven to eight kilos in a week just from all the the exertion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so I had to just eat like crazy, but I couldn't eat all whatever I wanted because I still had to have abs so i, to, I was yeah so no I, chocolate no wine or champagne no dark chocolate lots of dark chocolate okay. and protein shakes i'm talking before the break that about dirty dancing and we've got a couple of fan questions here from joanne of course loves theater hey so, joe so hi <laughs> joanne joe. thank you for your email now she wants to know the highlights of your career so far oh well dirty dancing obviously obviously, obviously. and coming into joy Yes. Yes. That's very joyful. Yes. And the best thing about Dirty Dancing? The best thing about Dirty Dancing? I think the best thing about Dirty Dancing was finally getting a chance to do... Because as an artist, sometimes you know what you're capable of, but Mm. you don't really get a chance to do it a lot because you have to get given the job by someone else. And I finally got a chance to show Australia what I can do and before it's too late and I'm in a wheelchair with broken knees. And <laughs> <laughs> also gives you the platform to do new things. Yeah, and meeting which, and meeting new people and fans. So that was another great thing too. Leads me to the next phase. Of course, you're doing your own show called, this is quite clever, <laughs> Feeling Groovy. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> well, look, as a kid, I, imagine growing up and you're dancing you, you dance and you sing and you're in a country North Queensland town and yeah. your last name's Feeling. You know, how you feeling, feeling. Uh, so yeah. all of these heckles have now turned into quite excellent. My nickname is Feeling It. That's what everyone calls me or my friends. Kurt Feeling It. Um, Fantastic. So that's why Feeling Groovy kind of <laughs> came about. And it's sort of access to all areas off stage and on stage. It's oh, a bit yeah. of a bit of a piss take, bit of a bit of comedy happening. Yeah, totally. It's um you know the old fashioned roast that they used to do with yes. the you know, brat pack. It's that but reinvented to a new a new genre and new age. I learnt at a young age to only say about ten percent of what I think. Mm. And so this is the other ninety percent. Fantastic. <laughs> and what's going music as well? You're doing songs from, from theatre? Uh, yeah, there's a few There's a few theatre songs, but there's a lot of pop songs that have been rejigged. Like, uh, for example, I... Lord? Yes, I run... Royals? Uh, yes, I do Royals, but I do it as my pitch for Prime Minister. And oh. Yeah, because I decided that wouldn't be awesome if I should just be in charge because everyone else seems to... What, what would you do as Prime Minister? What, would you, what things would you get through? Well... Gay marriage, obviously. Yes. <laughs> Gay marriage. Um, I would also put through um, uh, free arts, free school. Everyone would have vending machines in their house of their favourite food, and it would just be free. Oh, my gosh. Um, I would, and, and who would pay for this stuff? <laughs> oh, uh, that's not my problem. <laughs> I would also uh, stop the price of fuel from going up and down, and oh. you'd be able to get a, a, beer, for, a beer for under $5. Oh. Um, but yeah, I've changed all the words to royals to... And you're doing John Farnham as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I sing Burn For You. But oh, lovely. Burn, it's a little bit more about a, a, a little problem I had when I was younger, and I, f- I first started um, uh, seeing people. And, um, Which was? Well, I, I had a mishap and, you know, I thought it was love and then I realised that actually I, I went to the doctors and I was sent home with some cream and then I sing oh. the, ode, the ode to the um, the 
little right. <laughs> okay, so heaps of laughter happening in the show. Oh yeah, yeah. Feeling so groovy. all of these, all of these songs, you think you know them, but then yeah. I'm spinning them on their head. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, and of course it opens at the gorgeous venue, the Butterfly Club. Oh, yeah. Next Tuesday, the fifteenth of March. Yes. Right through until a Saturday, the nineteenth of March. And if you're listening to this interview and you think, oh, I wouldn't mind going to that. If you go to the website, butterflyclub.com, you can quote the word joy, you'll get a bit of a discount. You will. Joy, joy, joy. And then you can hang around for a drink after because the venue is beautiful and that bar is is stunning. And I'm going to be there. It's the kind of show when people arrive, I'm going to be there. I don't want it to be you and me. I want it to be all of us. Interactive. Yeah, it's like a lounge room. Kurt, thanks so much for coming in this morning. Pleasure. Thanks for We're having me. We've out of time, but um, thanks for coming in. And have a great show. Feeling groovy uh, on next week. And good luck with it all. And come back and see us again. Oh, I'd love to. All right. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.